Stop the presses. Everybody stop the presses. The Steve Mills era is finally over. We break down the Knicks firing of their team president. Also, who's staying, who's going, and will the Knicks be active at this Thursday's NBA trade deadline? We talk with the Post beat writer Mark Berman about who the Knicks could be dealing. All that and more next on a wild episode of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Welcome back to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Kazim Famiwide, a.k.a. Kaz. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday, so hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all those good places. But please remember to leave us five stars and a nice review because I really do need all those. I love all the compliments. Our pal Mark Berman joins us for a busy day. While the Knicks firing team president of basketball operations, Steve Mills, only two days before the NBA trade deadline. The end of the Mills era is here, and we got a lot to talk about this week. Let's go. The Knicks beat the Cavaliers last night in overtime, 139-134, making it two straight wins after the Knicks beat the Pacers in Saturday's game. But obviously, nobody cares about that right now. The big news right now, obviously, is Steve Mills, president of basketball operations of the New York Knicks, fired just moments ago coming through a woes of ESPN and the NBA, man. It is literally just been a, a, a crazy 24 hours for the New York Knicks franchise. I mean, we recorded this episode like we do every Tuesday for uh, the New York Post and Big Apple Buckets. But, man, seeing right after this episode was recorded, only hours ago, hours later, we find out that Steve Mills is being replaced as the Knicks president of basketball operations only two days before the NBA trade deadline is set to take place in the NBA. And obviously this is this is music to the fans of, to the ears of Knicks fans everywhere, man. I mean, obviously if you're a big Knicks fan, you've been following the, the, the team for as long as you have, everybody will always say, well, things will not change unless you get rid of James Dolan. And a lot of that could be true. A lot of that could be ownership, but the most tenured person closest to Dolan and this entire run of mediocrity that the Knicks have been going through for the past two decades has been Steve Mills. He's been the common denominator alongside Dolan for the past several years. And now today being fired just days before the Knicks are set to be extremely active in the trade deadline market. Well, just, just if you listen to rumors with, with Morris or Randall or D'Angelo Russell or or, or the, the Dallas Mavericks draft picks or the Knicks draft picks, there's just so many opportunities right now for the New York Knicks and the firing of Mills. I can't say I saw it coming because, you know, when it came to Dolan and his loyalty to him, it almost wondered, like, what would this guy have to do to get fired. I mean, like he already put together this team, uh, this hodgepodge team of players after striking out on Durant and Irving in the past summer. And then, you know, letting go of Dave Fisdale, who was beloved around NBA circles for just, you know, having such a great personality and, and, and being an amazing communicator, but not necessarily being the best X's and O's guy. And uh, it just didn't seem 
that the Knicks would ever really part ways with this guy unless something drastic happened. And something drastic has happened, man. Like, uh, obviously, this is still we're still getting news, like, as we're recording this. And I, uh, the Toronto Raptors president of basketball operations, Masai Ujiri, is at the top of the list right now for the New York Knicks. They've been there's been a love affair between Dolan and and his affection for for Ujiri for the past several years. Ever since Ujiri absolutely fleeced the Knicks uh, several years ago, getting Andre Bargnani for uh, numerous picks that ended up just being such a lopsided, just a haul of a trade that that uh, Masai pulled off for his Raptors. And last year, obviously leading that team with Kawhi Leonard to the NBA championship. And even this year, the Raptors, even without the finals MVP, without one of the top three basketball players on the planet, are a top two team in the Eastern Conference. And a lot of that is thanks to the way Ujiri has, you know, uh, put this team together. But let's not, let's not, you know, get pie in the sky right here because – but if you listen to certain folks and if you listen throughout circles, you would think that uh, Yajiri and, and the Knicks might have some interest within each other. Yajiri might have a, a you know a, a, an affinity to tackle some new projects, or tackle some new challenges in fixing the New York Knicks. But let's let's it's wide open right now, man. You got you got uh, Jerry Col- Brian Colangelo, who's out there. You got Sam Presti, who's out there. You got a. Uh, my goodness, just a, a gluttony. Maybe there's Donnie Walsh might come back as well. I mean, there's so many opportunities for the Knicks right now with the opening of the president of basketball operations, man. Like, and I'm reading a tweet right now from Chris Mannix, who who is you know a great follower for Sports Illustrated, and and summed it up quite eloquently when it comes to Steve Mills. Quote: Removing Steve Mills, a chosen ally, a close ally of Dolan, who would have have always be seen as a powerful voice is the first step towards luring an ex- elite exec like Masai Ujiri. Make no mistake, as dysfunctional as the Knicks are, there's appeal in being the GM who turns them around. And I couldn't agree with them more, man. Like, I think everybody knows right now the Knicks are one of the worst-run franchises in the entire NBA. That's no secret. And if you're a GM who has the gall, the 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 ability, or just the nerve to be the person who turns that team around, you can be somebody who runs not just the, the the city, but this entire league. I mean, like the the absolute the the history of the Knicks and 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 the opportunity that you can have to win in this city and to be a, that person who is the the guiding light and the spearhead to turn this team around and turn this franchise around. That's appealing to a lot of people. You know, that's not necessarily just something that, you know, Knicks fans are hoping for. And granted, maybe there's still something out there with people just not wanting to work for James Dolan and not being able to have the um, the ability to to work freely and do what you have to do to make this team relevant and competent. But Dolan letting Mills go is a huge step into Dolan finally relinquishing the, the reins of this team and being and saying, look. I don't know what I'm doing. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. The guy who comes in is hoping to have carte blanche to run this team any way he sees fit. Dolan, for all of his his absolute flaws as a team owner, I think is finally starting to recognize that. 
I think as terrible as the Knicks been, they have still been extremely profitable. So he doesn't want to sell the team. He doesn't want to leave the team. I think he's doing anything he can to finally make this thing work, make these guys relevant. And him letting go of Mills is a large step into getting somebody who could turn this place around. So I'm going to talk to Jake right now. Jake, it's been a wild day. We were talking all bunch of trade deadline stuff and the moves that the Knicks can make during during the, for the next two or three days. By the time it hits Thursday at three p.m. Eastern, and this, I guess I I, I want to call it a bombshell, but this is this is a pretty big deal. We call this an emergency podcast. You know, I, I think I broke the news to you by calling you. I, I was your woge essentially, which is you I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put that on my tombstone. Kaz is woge. Uh, Steve Mills is an interesting story, Kaz, because. Our buddy Mark Berman, who joins the show later on, said he was not in Cleveland last night, and he was told Perry and Mills weren't seeing eye-to-eye on certain issues going forward. And when you think about issues going forward, you think trade deadline. You think it two days away. You think, you know what, this is an important time to be eye-to-eye with your team president, and clearly they were not. So this is a big move to make two days before the deadline. And what people don't realize, Kaz, about Steve Mills is, one, he's been here a while. Steve Mills was here in a different role starting in 2003. He left MSG in 2009. He then returned in 2013. His second stint, he was hired, coincidentally enough, two days before training camp began in 2013, where he was the executive VP and GM. Then he kind of uh, was put in a different role when they brought Scott Perry, and he became kind of the team president, and he would work with Scott Perry. And clearly there's something here where maybe Kaz – Mills wanted more control of, you know, certain moves with the team, and Perry did not see eye-to-eye with Mills' moves. And a lot of people trust Scott Perry more than they do Mills. Where do you hear people around the league saying, oh, I, I you know, I have high regard uh, for Steve Mills. Me and him are, you know, me and him are pals to the point where Larry Brown pretty much told us, no, I was not buddies with Steve Mills. So this guy doesn't have many allies, it seems, that Perry had. So – it could be a Mills issue. He was here forever, and there were a lot of issues in his tenure. So it seems like this is, you know, I, I know a lot of Knicks fans are celebrating, and rightfully so, because you hope it means brighter days ahead and maybe a guy like Ujiri, because this team has lacked a true voice in that front office for just so many years now. So this is a, you know, a day, to, a momentous day in Knicks history, hopefully. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a massive day. There is. No underselling this right now. Whoever steps into this role is going to have all eyes on him, especially when it comes to turning this team around. And give Mills his credit and give Perry his credit. They have made this team, they've given this team options. Okay, so if you are somebody who wants to come in and become the president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks, you're going to have money to play with. You're going to have picks to play with. You're going to have contracts that you can flip. You're going to be able to do some things. You're not hand, you're not handcuffed to pretty much anybody outside of Julius Randle for the next two or three years. And his contract isn't necessarily anything that isn't uh, flippable. You know, I mean, you can get something for that if, if that's what, if you don't like him or you want to start off with, a, with an even cleaner slate. But by this time in the next three or four or five months when it hits the summertime, you can have a, a completely new roster, a completely new voice uh, at the top of the of the basketball operations of the New York Knicks. There's a lot there's a, there's a lot to, to, to digest here and we're still just getting it moments into the news. But if you're a Knicks fan right now, you have plenty of reasons to be 
optimistic in a season that you that hasn't really had many reasons to be optimistic yeah Kaz and the next question that a lot of people are going to ask is Scott Perry the next guy to go it's not a move that's going to be made during the season because you have the trade deadline you need a GM in place but is it a situation where they get a powerful voice that not only you know becomes the team president but also is the GM it kind of takes on both roles and that's going to be the next thing to assess here Listen, I think Scott Perry's only been here a couple of years, but, you know, it is pushing three and then soon to be four years. That is a decent amount of time to evaluate a guy, but uh, we have to see him with a, a true voice. So I don't know if Scott Perry is going to be fired. Right now it's it's kind of 50-50. Maybe they do in the offseason. Uh, you talk about Ujiri, but you don't mention the fact that maybe he doesn't want to leave Toronto. They just want an NBA championship, and he's got a, he's got a nice young roster that post-Kawhi – is still playing really good basketball right now. So while everyone wants to say Messiah, 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 and really turn him into like the Messiah and turn him into like this this God, who who knows that he actually wants to come here? He's in a nice little situation, and while he's he's built a winner there, and maybe he's bored of building a winner, does he really want to do a complete 180 and come to a team that needs a lot of pieces to turn it around? Um, so it, it while it's a dream job for many. It might not be for the guy that everyone wants. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Scott Perry's going anywhere. There's one thing that you mentioned that really struck stuck with me is that you don't hear a lot of allies for Steve Mills around the NBA outside of James Dolan. And when James Dolan is telling you you got to go, then you know that means that he's 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 ran he's sol as as uh, as uh, we like to say in the business well larry brown's a hall of famer larry brown's told us we said we know your buddies with or, or we know your pals with steve mills and he's like no i'm not so that tells you alone i mean he's a legend yeah and that's the difference between steve mills and scott perry scott perry has a lot of respect around the nba he's built a lot of contenders he was a uh, very instrumental in building the kings into a, a young exciting team before they've kind of stalled out this year he's has great relationships with some of the superstar players a reason why people tied kevin durant so much to the new york knicks was because of the relationship that scott perry had with him uh drafting him in, in seattle and uh there's so many there's just so many things when it comes to scott perry being especially a young black executive in the nba and the relationships that he's built not necessarily with uh the players of the past but the current, you know, players of the NBA, man. And I think that's that's something that goes a long way when it comes to the NBA. You need to have these relationships. You need to be able to build with these sort of kids that grow up to be the cornerstones of franchises because when it's time to lure these guys or trade for these guys or even find these guys, they need to know that they're going into a situation where they'll be comfortable. And for all intents and purposes, Scott Perry has made – uh, you know, made a lot of friends around the NBA. So, no, I don't think he's going anywhere. But, I mean, the guy who comes in and, and has to work directly with Perry, I actually think he's going to be instrumental in who gets brought in to replace Steve Mills because I don't think he's necessarily been the problem. He's a guy who's come in. He's a guy who's come in into a situation with the Knicks where they needed cap space and they needed to get their picks back and not trade them for assets and all these other things. And he's done his job. But man, it is it's it's going to be a wild couple of days in, in Knicks land uh, without a, a president of basketball operations going into the trade deadline, which. You know, now it's anybody's guess. I mean, we recorded the episode earlier today uh, around, I guess, uh, 10 a.m. this this Tuesday. And now it's almost like 
every now 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 everything's for sale. Well, well, now what do they do, Cas? Because is it like the Scott Perry show up to the meeting with Do- with Dolan to try and like, hey Charlotte, like, do you guys want oh, you God, and no, Randall? Please. Well, I mean, who shows up to the meeting? Because James Dolan is showing up to the meeting to hire this next team president or GM or whatever his title ends up being. And I'm just thinking of him, J.D. in the straight shots. He's showing up with, with a kazoo and, and a guitar. And you think of a, the, the clown on his nose. That I mean, do you trust James Dolan in a meeting for the next guy that could change the face of your organization? That's something you worry about a little bit because of, you know, the, the Dolan, uh, you know, the, the bad rep that he does get. And now you're thinking of, hey, is Dolan now joining Perry in these meetings to try and trade for D'Angelo Russell, for Carl Towns, to try to uh, get this guy, that guy. So it shakes up the trade deadline and, you know, the next summer plans. Yeah, it definitely shakes. I don't think it necessarily shakes up the summer plans, but it definitely puts the Knicks in a pretty awkward position when it comes to this Thursday, man. I don't know if there's if Perry can walk in there sans Dolan, strike a deal to for a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who the Knicks, you know, should want to get and 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 could somehow flip it. I, I I just don't know. I think I think right now it doesn't make necessarily make the Knicks up any players when it comes to the, this coming week. When it comes to the uh, the trade deadline and getting anybody at that point guard position or to flip Mook for some assets that they can use for the future. I think now the Knicks might have to stand pat a little bit, but. Now who who knows? I have I have no idea what they're thinking right now, and literally anything could happen. They were very much in disagreement with what to do at the deadline because you would not do this at such a critical time, two days before, if they were not bickering. And the fact that he was not in Cleveland, it makes you think there was a lot of discord between Mills and Perry, and you're just imagining the fights going on between them. One guy's probably thinking, oh, I, I want to trade uh, Mitchell Robinson. The other guy's saying, no, or I want to trade Frank. I don't. And if you have that, that's alarming. And that's got to alarm potential trade targets that, you know, Scott Perry now has the president and GM role, which has been done got by guys before. But, you know, it's two labels is more than one, Kaz. And it uh, makes things a lot, a lot more difficult for Scott Perry's life going forward, These especially these next 48 hours. Yeah, there's there's a lot to think about right now, man. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how it's going to affect them going forward this week, but man, it, you you were right. I feel like there had to be a there had to be an offer on the table that Dolan and Perry must have liked and Mills didn't. And they said, "You know what? You got to go." You know, that's the only way I could think of. I mean, I feel like there had to be a deal that those two really liked. I'm guessing for either Russell or for Malik Monk, or for somebody that they really believe in, that they felt that this is the last straw. And that disagreement and him not being in Cleveland last night, uh, I guess now, in hindsight, speaks volumes, man. And, uh, man, after 20 years with this organization, uh, you could only assume that uh, a, a dark chapter in the Knicks' history is about to finally turn the page uh, after all this time, man. I, I can't believe it. Steve Mills finally out as president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks.
It's going crazy. <laughs> and joining us on Big Apple Buckets, like he does every single weekend, the legendary Mark Berman, who's been covering the New York Knicks for over two decades. Mark, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, Two-game two winning streak out here on the road. Yeah, man. Let's break up the Knicks. Break up the Knicks, I guess. <laughs> so uh, this week is, is a big week, man. Thursday, we have uh, the big trade deadline going on at 3 p.m. Eastern. And it seemed like in the midst of the big win against the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday, all of these huge Nick trade rumors were flying between Randall and Morris and 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 and. Neil Akina and Portis, what's real? What's fake? Berman, what's what's going on in Knicks land when it comes to being wheelers and dealers? I mean, the Knicks have so many different things they're trying to work on. You know, sometimes it, it doesn't work out at all. I mean, they'll definitely make a move or two, whether they're uh, minor or major. But the major one, let's be honest, is the D'Angelo Russell situation that they're definitely monitoring uh, there's definitely debate within the organization if they want to tie up their cap space with D'Angelo Russell, who will make $28 million uh, next season. That would uh, not give them any flexibility uh, for free agents in 2020, but, you know, the class is weak. Uh, they are looking for a point guard, and that's how ironic it was last night when all three point guards played so well with uh, – Payton's triple-double, Smith looked good, Nilakina came on late for some good defense and a two-point guard alignment. But, yeah, they want a point guard for the future. Russell is averaging 24 points on a terrible Warriors ball club. He's definitely got some immaturity issues, but he's a scorer. He's a former All-Star from last season. Uh, I don't think they're going to give up. They're definitely not giving up their first-round pick in 2020 for Russell. But if it's a marginal, you know, a couple of expiring contracts and a Nilakina, I think they jump at it and, and roll the dice that Russell is, you know, a star-like player and can help them win and solve their point guard issue. Yeah, now a lot of people have been talking about the, the Russell deal, if, if it's at all possible. And there's been a lot of... Um, I guess we would say fake news about, well, why didn't the Knicks try to do this in the summertime, right? Well, in addition to the restricted free agency deal, I think the Warriors are trying to uh, be relieved of some luxury tax base. Is, is that correct for next year? Listen, they're not winning with Russell. I mean, I thought they would wait for Curry to come back and see if there's chemistry there. But the owners, you know, they have this brand new arena that they've spent a fortune on. And they've been spending a wild amount of luxury tax on these championship years. And they don't look at Russell right now as a winner. And they're trying to win championships. So, yeah, it would be a financial move for them and try to get some future assets. It's what the Knicks are willing to give up. I don't, I don't think they want to give up too many of the young assets. But you're right about restricted free agency. The Knicks really didn't have a shot at Russell. That was an inside deal. He was going to be with the KD situation in the sign and trade. So the Knicks really didn't have a chance to do anything there. All right. So uh, let's talk about Marcus Morris, man. It seems like he's the most coveted uh, Knicks talent when it comes to being on the trading block. And he balled out again, had the game winner against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, it looks like the Knicks and Morris seem to be quite fond of one another and might want to work something out in the future and re-sign in the summer. Uh, what deal do you take? 
if you're another team that can keep him from being a Nick past the season? Yeah, the Knicks are going to have to get a, a substantial return. You know, we wrote a couple of weeks ago that they'll probably hang on to him if it's just like a late first-round pick. I mean, they want a legitimate all-star caliber, near all-star caliber type player. Uh, but, you know, with the Clippers, they do like Landry Shamay, the outside shooting uh, guard who's young and getting better. Uh, they would need Harkless in that deal for the money to work out. But the Knicks want a nice payback. Uh, they're not just giving him away for a pick. I mean, unless it's an unprotected pick. Uh, you know, they they are looking at Morris as a possible future building block. You know, Raymond Brothers is his agent, his new agent, and he's very fond of Scott Perry, so they have a mutual understanding that, you know, Marcus wants to be there if you don't trade him, that he's going to work his – try to figure out a way to stay with the Knicks. He's become a clutch player in the – final minute that's not easy to do Carmelo Anthony for some reason after he left Denver comes to the Knicks he was never able to hit these big shots like Marcus Morris has been doing across the last couple of months beyond his great shooting percentage and scoring average and tough defense I mean he's been every, he's been everything they could have wildly imagined uh, it's been a great fit he's 30 years old but so what? I mean, he might still have four years left in him. Yes, and I, and I think that's what a lot of the Knicks fans and and followers of the team are looking at. Like, is this a guy just that's playing in the contract year? Is this something that could be a, a, a start of something big in the future? Like, a lot of people feel like he should be part of the solution to the Knicks, not part of the problem. Trying to trade him away. What do you What do you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, I always feel you sign a guy and he does so great, way better than you even imagined. And then you just give up on him for a late first-round pick. It's not happening. Uh, the Knicks are not doing that. I mean, they're going to have to – when this trade if – this, if there is going to be a trade Thursday, Knicks fans are going to say, okay, well, we got this, this nice asset and that nice asset. Problem is, you know, there are contenders very interested, such as the Clippers, but how much are they willing to give up? I mean, Morris hasn't been this type of player his whole career, and maybe it's just the opportunity – on a contender, he might not have this opportunity, so he may not be as impactful. But so, I mean, if I would bet right now, I say Mars is a Nick on Thursday night against Orlando. All right, and one uh, one scenario that really stuck out that that might have been a little uh, surprising is Julius Randle, who uh, was linked to some talks with the Charlotte Hornets and possibly a Mar um, Malik Monk, excuse me, a Malik Monk deal possibly coming through by Thursday. What have you been hearing on the Julius Randle front? And are they already ready to give up on the left-hander? Yeah, well, the thing with Randle is, you know, he's under contract for next season, so he clogs the cap. If they move him for a good asset, you know, maybe it opens up some more cap space for Morris and someone else. But Randle's been playing well. They, they loved uh, Terry Rozier, Rozier since, you know, for two, three years. The Perry administration thinks he's really good. And I've been thinking they were going to, you know, talking to his agent. I was, you know, we were all thinking that they were going to inquire about Rozier. But, you know, things are, you know, Graham was playing really, really well, but he's sort of fallen off a little bit. So I don't know if Charlotte's going to want to deal Terry. But, yeah, the Knicks love him. They did not 
they went after him in free agency, did not want to give him that third guaranteed year, so they backed off and and eventually signed Payton. But, yeah, Randall is someone they realize may not, you know, he's, they know he's not a number one. Uh, I think they've been a little disappointed in his defense, and his three-point shooting is still horrendous, but he's still putting up big numbers, helped them win last night. Uh, but definitely if there's some big package and they – can clear some cap space and get back some assets. I think they would deal Julius. Well, so one thing I would like to know if you're a, if you're a Knicks fan, listen to the show, and you hear the deals for Russell and possibly for the Hornets and possibly for Morris. Who's the one asset or player that you believe is untouchable when it comes to the New York Knicks? Yeah, well, they're not going to trade Barrett, and they really don't want to move Mitchell. I mean, people have asked about Mitchell and the Knicks want a King's ransom. So that's probably not happening. I mean, one guy, we, it's a minor, but they're trying to move Trier just for him because he's, he has no opportunity. He's going to be a free agent. You know, if he could maybe get a second round pick swap in 2023, you know, they would just move him on. Uh, but uh, I mean, unfortunately there's very few untouchables, but, uh, those two, uh, you know, they're not going to move Barrett, and they really, unless they're getting something wonderful from Robinson, they don't want to move him. Even though, you know, last night he was quiet, and he's had some quiet nights, but there's still so much room to grow. We every Before every game, we see him shooting and making three-point shots during shooting drills. He just refuses to unleash uh, during the game well mark berman man by this time next week we're either gonna have a very different looking Knicks team or a whole lot of the same but either way it's always good talking to you man all right guys will be interesting I, you're right i think they're either blowing it up or like making one little move with trier <laughs> that's what i'm uh thinking well we'll see. either way we'll be here to talk about it man it's always good talking to you mark all right thanks for that guys take care Yeah, not to wrap for this week's episode of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for making it happen every week, our producer on the show. And subscribe here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. You can find more Knicks news by signing up for our daily NY Post Sports newsletter and by visiting nypost.com. We will see you next week.